Okay, well, thanks for uh, watching um, and welcome to a chat between Ed Mead. I'm one of the co-founders of Viewber and Charlotte Jeffrey Campbell, who is the founder of The Able Agent. Now, um, certainly I would go so far as to say, Charlotte, you don't look like a dinosaur. I do, but both of us have been around in the industry for a very long time and both of us have been estate agents, more importantly. I started in the late 70s. Charlotte was just telling me how she was in the 90s. Can't believe that must have been the noughties or later. But... For those of you who don't know, Viewber is very much a, a, a tech-based platform that enables people to get viewings done. The Able Agent, well, why don't you tell people what the Able Agent does? The Able Agent is a training tool that's accessible to agents to give you the opportunity to upskill yourself in whatever areas are relevant to you, whether you want more legal knowledge, whether you want more sales skills knowledge. Um, I'm very passionate about bringing training into the industry. I think it's hugely important and, and makes a difference to, to your career, I think, is the key. Yeah, and I think... What we, were, what we were talking about was how, and I think most people would probably agree with this, that the, the industry, certainly back when I started and certainly when, when you started, Charlotte, the, you know, the internet, the web was just getting going, you didn't have the big propagators of, 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 of you know, you didn't have Rymove, Zucker on the market, all these sort of things. Indeed, you didn't even have, really didn't even have CRM systems. No. So... In my day, I had to know my area really well. Uh, I had to know my buyers really well, and I had to know the other agents in the area really well because they had the other properties. And there was a, it was a much more, I wouldn't say necessarily say convivial, but it was a much more uh, collegiate atmosphere than it is these mm -hmm. days. And what we were talking about was whether there's been a change, which I think there has been to an extent, where a lot of estate agents these days tend to sit waiting for the phone to ring with a right move or a Zucla or an on-the-market lead. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. Do you would you agree with that? I think in the, I think there's a large proportion of agents who are very reliant on the phone ringing and the portal leads. And we also know that even when the portal leads come through, we often don't respond to them. So we're not entirely relying on that. But I think there is a small minority of agents, particularly the agents we work with, who are still very proactive. They still believe in estate agency skills. I'm very much of the mindset that as estate agents, we should be trusted professional experts. Because if we are an expert and we have value in the advice that we offer, then we're much more able able to command the fees that we should be commanding because we're a profession but I think there's still a gap and I think a lot of that's because training hasn't necessarily been accessible to smaller agents so where do you get the fresh ideas from if you can't get it from training you know we need to have ideas that's the key for development isn't it well I think a combination between um, what you're doing talking about training and what we're doing we're just one of the examples of people who are, who are providing um, technology solutions for agents I mean Certainly, the, by far and away, the best or most enjoyable period I had as an estate agent, estate agent was running an office in, in Chelsea in London, which was a great place to work. But I worked there for 35, 40 years, 37 years or whatever. And I knew that area absolutely backwards. And there was a period when I had a team working for me who, who we were all together for seven years, same secretary, same everybody worked together, same team. It was absolutely spectacular. We knew our area backwards. We were real experts. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, but I spotted as we got towards the end of that the the issue that we thought that my business Douglas and Gordon was losing um, losing business because of some stuff that could be now uh, changed with tech. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason that I knew the area so well was because I'd been trained to work in it properly. And there were a couple of people. There was a guy called Andrew Langton from a company called Aylesford. There was a lady called Rebecca Reed who ran a company called Reed Cunningham, who sadly is no longer with us. 
who were spectacular estate agents. And I learned, I wanted to learn from them. Mm. And I did learn from them. And in those days, we didn't have uh, trainers in the way we do now. Mm. I mean, clearly, I think what you do is, um, is sort of give people the ability to dip in and out. Is that, yeah. is that right? How would you describe it? I think it's about training's great as long as there's a plan and a program and it's about the individual because not everybody needs the same information. So I've been a trainer for about 10 years. I've run big training sessions. I host events. I have 20 people in a room, but not everybody in that room is at the same level in their career. They're not necessarily experienced or doing the same job role. So by its nature, those bespoke face-to-face training days are about an awful lot of information being thrown at people and they have to work out what's relevant. I think the difference between the online platform, which online has just jumped forward so much this year, is that as the individual, you can think, well, I'm really interested in consumer law. I'm really interested in overcoming objections. I'm interested in understanding lettings legislation. And I can find the information that's relevant for me. And everybody learns differently. My tennis coach laughs his head off at me because he has to he has to tell me something and I have to do it about five times before it stinks in. I don't pick stuff up quickly. I never have done. So a big bespoke training session, I'm only going to pick up a small amount in that day because I need to hear it more times. And I think understanding that not everybody in our industry is particularly academic. We, we learn in different ways is so important. So I think that's the bit that I think historically... There weren't so many trainers, all right. Although I was trained by a champ called Frank Bugden. Did you come across him ever? He was a bit crackers. And I remember him coming in on a training session and him having all these ideas and thinking it was brilliant. I soaked it up like a sponge. But I also had a really, really inspirational MD who was full of ideas. And I used to learn from him. But he was great. And I think the issue I have at the moment is not everybody has got those skill sets to be able to train and not everybody has the actual accurate knowledge and experience to be relied upon to pass that on. And we often have a Chinese whispers of poor quality information feeding through, which is the worry, I think, at the moment. I love the way you said that not all estate agents are academic. I think mm. if, you, if you lined up 118 year olds and said, what would you like to do when you grow up? No one will be an estate agent. They'll all go off and try to qualify or do whatever it is and maybe not succeed at their first choice and then ask how many of them want to be estate agents. You'll probably find there'll be a few sheepish hands going up. Yeah. But I think that is changing. And, and I do think what you just said makes a really good point because of course, estate agents and we're mainly talking about negotiators, whether it's on the lettings or the sales side, the people who actually are at the sharp end and bring in, bring in the income, um, don't all have the same skill sets. No. I mean, I always remember that part of the training I had was, a, was the fact that you, en- you ended up having to be like a sort of almost a marriage counsellor. You were a driver. Yeah. You, were a, you were all sorts of things because mm. when you went out with people, you never knew what they were going to do. Mm. And actually, I hated chasing up deals. Mm-hmm. I hated doing that bit of it. My bit, the, the bit I enjoyed was going out, getting the deal done, showing people, trying to get the deal agreed and then handing it on to someone else. And so I do mm-hmm. think that one of the things that's changing possibly with tech going forward is the, is the fact that if you've got a team of, say, two or three estate agents, and the vast majority of people do have teams like that, they're not yeah. big corporate outfits okay. with huge numbers of people in them. Um, if you've only got two or three agents, there's no way that people are going to people in that team are going to be able to cover all the skill sets. So some won't like chasing cold leads because it's soul destroying. Some will only like going out and about and showing things. Some will be good at sales progression. Some will be very good at closing deals. Yeah. And the fact is, these days, if you look at the tech solutions that are out there, 
they can quite easily accommodate some of those bits and pieces. So you could have a team that were very good at getting out and showing. Personally, I don't think that's the bit that adds the value. That's why, that's why I started Vuba. The real bit is about trying to find people who are ready to sell, getting them to list, and then agreeing a deal. To me, those are the really important bits. The expertise element, absolutely. Yeah, the, and, and, it, and it's all about knowing where, what expertise you need and who you want to pay. To me, when we were at D when I was at D and G, the idea that people would spend that they the bit most agents love is getting out on the road, having a cup of coffee, a fag, calling people on the phone as they're in the car, going to the appointment. But it's such a time wasting element. And I think agents going forward, there was a very sad thing in the press this morning, the trade press, about a business going bust mm -hmm. because they the fees in the area were so low. Yeah. Um, and I think you know we we both have fairly strong feelings on fees, and people talk about it, but being trained. Mm -hmm. on that and told about it rather than going out and just doing whatever it takes to get the deal which of course you can do if you give away your service for free of course you're going to get more 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 business yeah. i think ultimately do you expect the deal to be easy because you have one conversation with a potential customer and that you expect to get that deal at the best possible fee you're living in cloud cuckoo land because actually the reality is that there's probably the need for four five six seven conversations over a period of time where you've advised demonstrated knowledge and expertise you may have spent time on social media you may have spent time sending people specific property information the amount of time to get to the point where you're able to close a deal means that the time spent on the phone communicating with customers offering advice i don't believe that there is a, such a thing as a time wasting property mar market appraisal i think every opportunity to be in front of a customer having a conversation about sales their, the market their needs their environment and as you said that empathy bit i remember when i was a neg writing down deceased estate um divorce and i didn't give two i didn't give it a second thought and then I went through divorce and I realized quite how horrible that is in real life. So you need life and empathy. Um, but we can train an awful lot of that. But I think the main thing for me is it's not a cold calling business. It's a building relationship business. So you need to be on the phones. You need to be building relationships and having conversations. And that's office based, isn't it, really? And it shouldn't be just reliant on your portal. I was looking at an article the other day and I can't remember where it was, but it said that the number of inquiries on agents own websites are going through the roof compared to everything coming in from the portal because the consumer's thinking there's no stock. I need an in. I need an opportunity to speak to the agent. How do I get ahead of all the other competing buyers out there? So the opportunity, I think, to build those relationships and conversations has never been more able at the moment. So people need to be having those conversations because you never know what the customer at the other end is thinking about. They might be thinking, well, if I thought my house was worth this, I'd put it on the market. The number of people I know have put their house on the market because they, they think that they're going to get a, you know, a great price now is, is you know, that's that's been generated by the market, hasn't it? Yeah, well, of course, with the UK system, there's no cost to you really for putting it on the market yeah. and trying it. The, it's up to the agents to spend the money to do so. Um, I mean, I, I, what's your view, Charlotte, on um, splitting? Because quite a lot of agencies, they split the roles. They'll have someone who's a lister and then they'll have the negotiators and then they'll have the deal progressors. Do you think that's a sensible way forward? You know what? I think it depends on the agent and the market and the people. Now, I, I've done all of it. So at one point I was a lettings neg, one point I was a lister. Uh, but I, I, the best branch I ever ran was when I was lister and, and manager because I was in the office enough 
because I think being in the office is hugely important because that's when you meet the customers, you speak to the people over the phone. When you're out and about, there's a disconnect, I think. And I think the disconnect is where it becomes difficult. But when I managed and listed, the relationship I could build with my prospect sellers was so much stronger because I could say, do you know what? I was talking to a lady yesterday. They're a couple. They're moving up from Bristol. He's got a job at the RBI hospital and he's really keen on being within walking distance of work. Your property would be ideal. I think yours is the right one because I could talk with knowledge and expertise and tell the story of the buyer. Now, the FOMO that creates from that potential seller, the fear of missing out on that buyer is better than anything else that you will ever get because they will believe that that person is real. And if they don't put it on the market with me, I might miss out on that buyer. And that has to be be real, obviously, but that was a real plus for me that I knew the buyers, I knew my hot buyers, I knew my team's hot buyers, so that when I spoke to a seller, I could talk really knowledgeably about the market. So I like that model. But it doesn't work for everybody. So, I, you know, I'm open to different different options. Yeah. And I mean, some people, some sole operators who, who manage to do the whole lot have had very good lifestyles, although they don't necessarily mm. end up much of a legacy to sell on. But that's not the point. for most Yeah. People. Yeah. Um, and I do. It's fascinating. I mean, certainly at D&G, I reckon 20 percent of the deals we did were off market. So they were ones yeah. where someone would ring us up, a buyer would say, well, say, hang on a minute. I went to look at something last week and you'd ring somebody up who think you valued a a month before or something and you'd ring them up and they'd say okay bring them around and you do the deal yeah, then, and of course you're not going to get that if you're just using an aggregating site of some sort no um, no it is also the fun. point isn't it that the more i'm out of the office the less in touch i am with what's going on with my customers so you know we can speak to an awful lot more customers by picking up the phone now I, you know i know that there's a benefit of, of of going out and about meeting the customers at the property but are they really at that point wanting to talk to you in detail and i know it's, it's very divided isn't it what you do in some ways you want to be um spending time having a conversation when you're the negotiator out on the view but the reality is you're back to back with appointments you don't actually have the time to have the conversation that you really need to have because you've got to leg it to your next appointment well that's that's why viewber exists exactly. that's exactly what we're trying to yeah. do is to take yeah. that bit away from people so that they yeah. don't have to worry about that. it and the number one not the number one but one of the top three reasons we get as objections from agents is is when they say oh well you, you need to go and meet the buyer but i i just these days that you will have been building a relationship with a buyer oh. and if you're not if you haven't talked to the buyer before you turn up and meet them at the house i you still know. think you're doing something wrong yeah I agree. and of course you know for the for the corporates 40 percent of their income comes from selling buyers services Absolutely. that that process has started on the phone so i just i don't know i think i i, I still think there's a lot that's that's needing, not needing to be fixed, but needing to adjust. I mean, it's interesting that in our uh, base of clients, the estate agents that that are using us increasingly tend to be the younger ones, Mm. the younger model businesses, where they're looking at different methodologies. And I think one of the problems which I've talked about a lot in in, uh, over the last five, five and a half years since I started Viewber is that, of course, most businesses tend to be run by pardon the expression but dinosaurs as we describe ourselves like you and me who really have done things in a certain way for so long that they don't want to change and they're worried about changing because they think they might go bust and they don't want to spend the money Mm. and it is a real conundrum I mean you know trying to work out what people do but I do think that that is changing I think that the the industry certainly the outsourced and the, the, the sort of supplier industry has has shaken out yeah. I think there are a lot of businesses that disappeared or they've amalgamated yeah. or whatever it is. 
when you've got businesses like ours, we've just done quarter of a million, our quarter of a millionth viewing. I mean, it wow. clearly works. Yeah. So for people to say, oh, it's a fly by night, or whatever it is, it just that, that's that's not right. And in the old days, people who needed training, they mm -hmm. had to arrange for someone to come along and have mm -hmm. a whole day somewhere, and it was a massive um, deal. Now, the ability to go and be able to pick and choose and outsource, do it online, book it, get it done, it's just, there's so much that's changed. I think for me, it's about what do you use with the time, what do you do with the time you saved? If this time I've saved by not going and doing that viewing and that time travel and all the time there, I spend emailing a few people, then don't bother doing it. But if the time you're saving means that you're on the phone, you're building relationships, you've been able to have a couple more market appraisals booked in, why not invite your customers into your office? A lot of agents spend a lot of time on money on their branches. Why don't we invite our customers in? We used to set up sort of seller evenings, first time buyer evenings. I think there's still a huge value in that because it enables us to demonstrate expertise. So all of that becomes um, part of the tools that we have for um, relationship building and the more we relationship build the more able we are to actually start that journey of a con you know with a colleague with a contact yeah. so for me if you're just going to waste the time by being reactive and just responding to emails and being administrative then you're not making the most of it but actually if that time is by setting an hour aside to do business generation working your database going through your previous prospects speaking to your your tenant find landlords and saying, how are you finding life as a landlord? Speaking to the valuation you did a year ago saying, you know, did you ever sell? You know, let me tell you a bit about the market. Let, you, let me tell you a bit about what I've sold recently in your area. That might just make you think, oh, you never know, I might move. So if we're making use of the time of those conversations, then great. But if we're not, what's the point? You know, you have to be proactive. Well, there you go, guys. You've heard about, <laughs> and that's a very good point. You save time what do you do with that time? And I think, to be honest with you, if you want to save the time, maybe visit us at Vuba. If you want to work out what to do with that time, <laughs> visit uh, Charlotte and the Able Agents. So I think that's probably, we've covered some, you know, we've covered some, some ground there. We'd love to hear what you think. If particularly if this is on social media, do give us some comments if you've heard about it down below. We'd love to, to hear what you think. Um, this will be coming out as a sort of podcast and various other things as well for people. So I'd really enjoy hearing what you think about what we both do. We're both members of a couple of organisations, the Innovation Collaboration Group. You know, there are other things where we get together and people really want to try and put the best in class services in front of, um, in front of uh, estate agent, potential estate agent clients. And estate agents are beginning to take more notice of it. So uh, let's hope it works. But Charlotte, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Um, and yes, I'm sure we'll be answering a few of the comments if they come in and if you have any, get in touch. But thank you very much for your time. Welcome.